fly by the seat of my pants then. That's the show, brother. That's the show. I just want to open a freaking beer. Where's the economist? I know I'm thirsty. Do we need do we need like a stunt beer? Yeah, I mean, should we just start drinking and start the show without him? Welcome to the Financial Independence Garage, where we share the tools to improve your finances and unfold the roadmap to financial independence in 2022. 2022. 2022, boys. We're oh, back. yeah. Cheers. 2022. Cheers, boys. Hey. Happy New Year. Cheers. Happy New Year. I'm dressed up because we're drinking the champagne of Saskatchewan. Oh, I thought you were just uh, going hardcore fire and not using any heat. <laughs> yeah. No, I've got to lose the toque because it's getting definitely hot in here. It's got yeah. Saskatchewan colors on it, but even yeah. though it says caribou, so it's right. Mixed signals, mixed signals. For the YouTube crowd, that's I did start with the SAS colors. I'm wearing yeah. my uh, you know, my dinner jacket. Yeah. So that's yep. good. It goes with the beer tonight, right, boys? Because this is like, yeah, do, do you actually know the history of this beer? Because I had to actually look it up. I looked it up too. Okay. Did you yeah. wiki, did you do the wiki or do you have some like detailed goods? Well, you got the wiki, so I'll I'll tell you about the other one after you're done with the wiki. Yeah, well, I actually didn't realize that. So, okay, for the uh, so I got a trivia question for you guys after as well. But uh, we are drinking for the viewers, old time pilsner, old style pilsner. Oh, old, thank you, thank you. Yeah, Reading's hard. Yeah. I get it. It is. It is. I was going for memory, <laughs> jerk face. Uh, so, old style pilsner is actually it's brewed by Molson now here in lovely Chilliwack, BC. Apparently, oh. Yeah, it's on the can. I read the can. But I didn't know that this beer started. It was a Western Canada beer in 1926. Wow. Yeah, I did not know that. Now, the reason it's the uh, champagne of Saskatchewan is because, uh, and I don't know how current this is. Maybe, uh, economists, you can let me know on this, is that they sponsor the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Is that still true? Yeah, I think so. Oh, there you go. But anyway, 1926, uh, it was Fritz Sick. At his sixth brewery. Not a great name to call your no. brewery sick brewery. Right? But I mean, maybe if he'd known like in the 90s, we'd be calling things sick, dude, and <laughs> it would be fine. But anyways, yeah, Lethbridge, right. Alberta yeah. was the origin of this beer. And I thought it was more of like I've always called this like the prairie beer. Right. Definitely a right. prairie beer. Definitely yeah. prairie beer. Okay. Maybe and uh and Fubar, you know, really cemented that, right? Yeah. Little vitamin pill. Yeah, this might be the only beer I've drank. In a theater. Yeah. Me too. The only beer I've shotgunned in a theater. Well, only beer I've smuggled into a theater. Okay, that's true. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's they have some fancy theaters now, right? You can buy a beer. Okay. So do you remember when Fubar 2 came out? That was yeah, probably that like was, that was it. That was when we smuggled Pill into the theater. Yeah. 2002? Yeah. Somewhere around there? Yeah. Uh oof. yeah, it was around there. I know it was. Was it I that old? It. 2004. Anyway, anyway, no, ever- no, no, no. That was like 2010. Are you kidding no. me? Oh, maybe 2010. Right. 2010. Nailed it. Yeah. Good job, boys. Okay. I was the internet my, confirms my previous life in uh, Victoria, but well, it took eight years for them to come out with two. Yeah. So that's why you're thinking it was three or four. I, I'm I'm suddenly feeling a little guilty of being in my 30s and smuggling beer into a theater. <laughs> yeah. What can you do? Worthy cause though. Fubar the original. Right. Uh, what a laugh that was! And if you haven't seen it, grab a two four of pill, and uh, it's a little bit yeah, of kind in. of like cult Canada. Like that was back when mockumentaries were not even a thing. Yeah. 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 So. Yeah. Anyway, boys, 2022 FI Garage. Here we are. 
having the pill. Who who bought us this beer? Uh, Sterling bought us the beer. Hmm. And uh, he gave us a great list of all sorts of Saskatchewan beer to try. He is not going to be happy we picked no, this because I've no, chatted with Sterling quite a bit. <laughs> we tried really hard. And we, we even sent, sent a guy to Saskatoon <laughs> and he dropped the ball and didn't bring it back anything. Something so about too know, many Christmas you know presents. who you are that screwed up. Yeah. Yeah. So Sterling, uh, our apologies. Thanks for the round of beer. You and I will talk. If you want to do beer two with me, I'm happy to do that. Well, I can <laughs> get something decent from uh, from the hometown. Right. But uh, yeah, so we do have the, the pills are now. I've got another quick question for you before you talk over top of each other because we've forgotten how to do this online clearly yeah no one is going to hear what we said in the first couple minutes how many bunnies are on this can Ooh, i didn't count but i can well while the uh, accountant's counting i can tell you a couple things about the can go for it the black building in the top by the biggest bunny castle yeah no that's the brewery that's the lethbridge brewery oh, the cool. original oh okay yeah. And uh, they tried to change the can in 57, but uh, public uh, backlash mm-hmm. uh, won the day there. Uh, what's the story of the bunnies? I don't know. It's the original label. It's sick, man. Yeah. No. Did, were, there, <laughs> were there bunny problems in Lethbridge back then? Probably. Or probably. Right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. How, how's the accounting on bunnies over there, accountant? I, I got 10. Am I right? You're, you're well under. Oh, Interesting. Well, under? Yeah. Did you guys get an eight pack? Who doesn't get an eight pack? Well, shout out because this eight pack holder is now recyclable. Hey, nice. Yeah. So, so Bolson's gone a little okay, ESG. I'm up. I'm up, yeah. I'm up to 15. 15 rabbits. Did I, you not count the ones on the eight pack? Oh, no, ring? 16. I didn't. <laughs> I don't have the eight pack ring. Oh, he doesn't have the eight pack ring. So, subtract one, two, three, four, five. What's the correct answer? Well, I, what did what did you what did you get? I got sixteen. I had to use a magnifying glass under bright lights to get sixteen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well done, well done. That is the correct answer. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. At plus five on the eight pack, so twenty one if you okay. buy the eight pack. All right. Well, Love speaking it. of twenty one, that was uh, oh my goodness, you were really classing that up and drinking it out of a glass there, count. Yeah, sure nice. am. Wow. I, I think that's not the correct way to drink. It. It's not. I, usually I, I, usually it's using a key to puncture a hole in the bottom, holding it <laughs> yeah. up to your mouth and popping the top. Like yeah. the, Have we done a shotgun episode? <sighs> no, Did we, we shotgun the, luck, uh, the last Lucky? No. On no, the we, salmon we pack? No. Anything. I feel like we might have. Maybe we're due for another salmon pack episode. Well, it looked to me like the economist has got seven more opportunities. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yep. Okay. Speaking of financial independence, uh, yeah. we, we have a neglected episode from 2021 that I will 100% accept responsibility for not releasing over the somewhat weird, wild, and crazy holidays that they were with yeah. you know new COVIDs and it impacted my travels a little bit. And, uh, and then we've had ridiculous weather in British Columbia where specifically the Southwestern part with unheard of snow and all the rest of it. So I'm not actually making excuses. I've just been lazy. So for you listeners and viewers, I will probably edit that and just drop it in there as like, I'm just going to slide it into that past spot and pretend it was there all along. Smart. So this is our new year's episode. This is kind of, this is the first episode of 2022. Oh, but what about the one you're releasing? Well, no, it's going to be look like it came out. It's going to pretend like it. Yeah, came but out. it was it was like a New Year's Eve episode, right? It, no, because remember at the end of the show, I said, "Oh, guys, I think this is Christmas." Right. 
Yeah. So right. anyway, it, it most of it's irrelevant now because I actually <laughs> don't remember what you said because it was so long. Ago. <laughs> yeah. So we didn't really summarize twenty one, and I don't know how much of that we need to do. I think there's a lot of people. It was out a there. great year, eh? Ah, you know what? If you were invested, it, it was a good year, but emotionally and socially and for travel and all the rest of it. I Boring. mean, account. Hey, you got to my, travel. I did my travels in like the perfect window. Yeah, you did. You basically left the day it opened, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. And came back right before it closed. So, <laughs> you know, well, well planned. I guess I should try to time the markets now because I'm clearly a master of timing. That's what I'm thinking. Uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> All right. So, well, let's just quickly uh, bring bring everything up to date so we can move forward and look forward to the, the new year, the new challenges, and the new exciting events ahead. So, guys, what was your best investment of last year? Saying how it was a good year, did you have a best? All of them. <laughs> they were about the same, right? <laughs> That's yeah, it? I, I mean, I don't know. I didn't lose on anything. Did you guys? Yeah. No. Everything was... Whoosh, I will up. I will say my best investment was a carry forward from 2020. In late 2020, I finished building the garden suite on my rental property and bought the new house that I now live in and those blew up in 2021. Right. I think we should all probably acknowledge that the gains in real estate how likely is that going to continue on that pace through 2022? Like it's Impossible to say. Obviously, we're not here trying to make predictions, right? And this is for entertainment purposes only, of course. Yeah. But holy crap, like I got my house assessment. And actually, I was only, it's only up 17% on mine, which is not ridiculous. But a lot of places I heard people are 30, 40%, which is insanity. Yeah, that is. Yeah. But the thing is, like, real estate's been flying in the face of logic for how long now? Yeah. So do you really want to bet against it? You've got low rates, high demand, low supply. Like it's the perfect storm and has been for years. Now, we've been talking amongst ourselves about moving forward with more real estate investing plans in the coming year. Do you think we're trying to jump onto the tail of something instead of, you know, are, are we too far behind? Or like economists just said, don't bet against it, just keep moving forward with it. Well, that sounds a lot like speculation to me, not buying a fundamentally solid rental property where you don't really care if the value goes up or down in the sh- in the short term, you're getting long-term thinking and cash flow and mortgage pay down and all those other wonderful benefits. So you're saying you should still buy value? Well, I kind of always say you should buy value <laughs> yeah, right? if yeah. you can find it. Well, and that's becoming harder and harder, right? Is actually getting a property that makes sense. I mean, we were talking about it amongst ourselves that you're getting the ask on some of these properties. And if you look at the cap rate, it's like 0.5%. Like, I don't know who's paying those for assets that will not cash flow, but it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. But I think too many people are just looking at it from a pay down or an appreciation point of view and, and saying, hey, even if I can average if I can average four or five percent appreciation, then it's it's better, it's a better investment than I can put anywhere else. And that's it's too high. You shouldn't put it there. You shouldn't expect that. No, and and it's not. If 
if you're cash flow negative, like let's say you're just breaking even on the property, like all you're doing is staying afloat in terms of mortgage pay down and whatever, um, your cash flow negative, what is, is a 4% appreciation rate doing anything for you when the S&P did 29% last year? Fair. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like it seems outrageous that your your house went up 17% on its assessment. And we can argue all day about if assessments relative to what the actual value of the house is. But sure, your house lagged the S&P by 12%. Coming back to the question I asked a little bit earlier, just now is like, we've been talking about doing more real estate because that's because we have a slightly different strategy on it as part of our FI plans to be more active in it. Right. Yes. Yeah. Do you think too many people are seeing what we saw in 2021 and are trying to jump on as investors. You know, like you sent me a text the other day about ARC funds and they're down 50%, right? So that just goes to show, and this has been talked about so many times, it proves that when an asset or any asset is, is on a huge run, people are getting trying to get in when the frenzy is as it's near not necessarily nearing its top but on its like high growth phase right so for all the listeners out there that are like everybody talked about real estate in Canada in 2021 what am i going to do in 2022 to get involved should they be doing that or should they be staying their course and staying with their investment objectives and their plan that they had already well i, th- I think you should always be staying the course it's real estate is something that if you are interested in it and you plan on adding value or it's part of your strategy or it's something you want to get into, then get into it. But or you want to diversify. Or you want to diversify. You shouldn't get into anything just because it's what everyone's doing. Right. That's you're you're setting yourself up for failure. Yeah. To my point, you know, back in 2010, 20, 2005, I mean we were saying the same thing about Victoria real estate back then. Right. So, and it continues to defy logic. Uh, will it continue to who can tell, but uh, people seem to like it here or something. I don't know. Well, the thing is it's, it's all across Canada, like the maritime. How it is. Yeah. The maritimes are booming as well. You know, yeah. it's, there's been so much migration out of major centers. And it was interesting. I was listening yeah. to a podcast, uh, this morning, actually, about how the, they think the condo market in Vancouver and Toronto may be in an upswing now as people see value in that, right? Right. Whereas condos have always been basically not great investments from you know a return point of view. But yeah, no, I think it's just it's just a cautionary statement really to people out there that see massive gains and go, you know, just because that's there, either have a plan to get into it if you want to and engage in it. But I mean, I've been so what the next question that the accountant posed in his email was like, what was your worst investment of 2021? So ironically, my worst one was real estate. <laughs> but it might, yeah. it might, I'm still comfortable with it in the long run. Right. I made a cash flow real estate investment that has now turned into an equity and appreciation investment. Right. So, you know, and and I'll apologize to all the listeners and to everybody out there when I spoke about that investment in the first term because I said we talked about it, it the risk was the company itself and that's proven out. Yeah. Basically. So to update you guys cuz you haven't heard I was on the meeting the other day where uh, economist did you hear? No. Okay. So the new strategy is that the hassle free landlord program will be paying the mortgage, the tax and the insurance but you will no, no longer be cash flowing. 
Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So they uh, got a little too big for their bridges, hey, and kind of ran out of recycled cash. To that's uh, that's through. britches. Britches. That okay. Pants. What, what did pants. you say? He said bridges. <laughs> <laughs> Is, did I actually say that? Yeah. <laughs> Oh wow! Yeah, no, that's wrong. That's, hey, when yeah. you when you run out of bridges, <laughs> yeah, there's a it, big gap. They are in Saskatoon. <laughs> well, that's true. Yeah, well, fair enough. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Thinking hard at this point of the day. <laughs> anyway, not a big deep dive into that. Just just from my, it was okay. So let me just bring this into a little bit of my experience, which was it's been really interesting, right? Because I went to this investment with the anticipation of having basically two years of monthly cash flow. Right. And I made the mistake of having certain assumptions of what I was going to do with that money each month and how that impacted how much I needed to earn, what our monthly finances were going to be, and things like that. Right. Right. So So you weren't being too conservative. I was being too aggressive, (laughs) for sure. (laughs) For sure. But it's, I think it's something that you need to understand is that any real estate play or any investment play for that matter, your cash flow could dry up. And if your cash flow dries up and A, like, you know, we're lucky we can afford to cover the expenses of that investment if we had to. Mm-hmm. They said they are going to pay those out. So it's good. We're kind of net neutral. We're just the expenses are getting paid. We're going to collect the equity and the appreciation on the back end. That's fine. This just now uh, a zero cash flow real estate investment. I'm okay with that, right? Mm-hmm. But I had plans for that cash flow, which now means my Coast Fi plan is less Coast Fi than it was, <laughs> right? right. I, yeah, definitely. But I think this is also a lesson in you went hassle free and gave up control for a return. Okay. Yeah. If you were still controlling that property, mm-hmm. like if you were the one running it, and it wasn't held by Epic, it would be a completely different story. Yeah, I'll agree with you on that because I could have just employed property management from the beginning. Right. But we've got a cautionary but, tale from what your experience was in Winnipeg as you being in, in 100% control of it too, right? So I'm just saying there's things out there that are unforeseen with like with any investment, but with, yeah. with real estate, probably you can do as much due diligence as you possibly can but you just don't know if it's not in your backyard. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, the more information you have, the better in all investments, right? So, I mean, it could be in your backyard and you could get not as much information as the one across the province, but you just want as much information as you can get. Totally. Accountant, you want to follow up on that before I seal the deal here? Um. Well, I got distracted by somebody breaking into the room I'm recording in right now. <laughs> a little off my train of thought at the moment. Uh, yeah. They, I, I, were they bringing you more Pilsner? No. What? Not even bringing me more Pilsner. So yeah, not good. horrible. Yeah. Um, I think it all comes down to, though, as we've talked about before, is having a plan on what you're going to do if and when things go wrong. We're not good at that. People are not good at that. How, what do you mean? I like, I was way too optimistic. I'm like, I'm like, well, this is awesome. I'm ready. And then all of a sudden, like, I had a private lending deal close out. And then all of a sudden, I'm not cash. I'm like, wait a minute. I got to go back to work now. What's going on? So you had a plan. Well, okay. I didn't quit my job. Right. Sure. Well, everybody thinks I did. 
<laughs> no, no. I, we've said this before, okay? It's like the worst case scenario is you go back to work. And, and let's be fair, Coast Fi is still Coast Fi. It just adjusts how much you're coasting and how much you need to, to right. fulfill that, the expenses part, right? But go ahead. You're also looking at this at a very short-term perspective. Like a, a bit of cash flow dried up right now. It's not permanently dried up. It's right. not dried up for the next 10 to 15 years. It's dried up for the next, I don't know how much longer you're stuck in Epic or Epic. And uh, <laughs> and I don't know, how, you know, how I know that one of your loans got paid out, but at some point, all that capital comes back and it gets to be redeployed, right? Oh, totally. I'm not worried in a long-term point of view, but, you know, I'm, I guess what I'm trying to get at is that we, we've talked a lot in this show and we've advocated for generating cash flow as a means of achieving financial independence. Right, right. Okay. So we've advocated for that and said, hey, if you can get your money working for you, if you can put it in high cash flow return assets, then technically you can call yourself FI when it covers all your monthly expenses. My point is, from what I've lived, is that that can change really quickly. And that's why everybody loves the 25X model because it gives it's so much more conservative. Now, I've also said, let me finish. I've also said from the beginning is that you don't want to try and go for cash flow only without having some good buffer, a good basis of solid investments that are ETFs, globally diversified, that you're not going to touch. That's like it's your, you know, it's your bread and butter. It's your foundation. Base. It's your foundation. Thank you. I was working towards that. <laughs> right. So that's all that's yeah. what I'm trying to get at. That was my experience in 2021. So moving on, what was your worst uh, investment of 2021? Accountant. Worst investment in 2021. It's hard. Don't say brew and beer with me because I'll be not your friend anymore. <laughs> uh, well, last Saturday that worked out to me my worst <laughs> investment ever because I'm pretty sure I was dead on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> I had to deliver you fast food. Yeah, no, I was not okay. <laughs> uh, I will say that my worst investment in 2021 happened to be Palantir. Ooh, you and I played a lot of options trading on that. I, we? We'll talk about the options in a second, but tell us why it's your worst. Uh, I'm down significantly right now in that holding. Significantly, like four figures. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> At least you're not into five. I'm not quite there yet, <laughs> but I am approaching that for sure. And I think this is a good time to interject or inject into the show that, you know, we started FI Garage as like this journey to financial independence. And we're all sort of working through how we're, each of us are getting there. And we talked a lot about the beginning steps of it in the early shows that we did a couple of years ago. And I've had people ask us, hey, do some beginner episodes, do some stuff that you know we can learn the basics. And, and I totally get that. But I feel I just want to let listeners know that there are there is some content that's back, that's back at the beginning that covers some of the basic stuff that's still applicable today, right? Open up a simple brokerage account, start investing in all-in-one ETFs, like start simple. Get yourself on public mobile. Yeah, it's all there. All that content we have, we've done it. 
And I think where we're at now, we've talked about this outside of the show before, is like because we're kind of in different points and different paths and exploring different things, that's what really excites us to talk about. So our shows going forward in 2022 are going to be a little bit more like this. They're going to be a little looser. We'll definitely dig into some specific topics when we all dig in and do some research on them. But the FI Garage is three guys talking about money and having beers. So if you're tuning into the show, expecting us to do some deep dives with some big numbers and graphics... There's other podcasts out there. There's great podcasts in Canada with way smarter people than us. Generally with smarter people with us and they'll (laughs) go into the numbers and we will tell you what those podcasts are. I don't mind sharing because I love the personal finance space in Canada. What what, what is that podcast? Which which one? Bachelor Reminder. Yeah. Yeah. Is that what you're looking for? The one with smarter people in deep (laughs) dives. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to get into like deep dives behind the investment stuff, go listen to the rational reminder. They are suit, but that's also probably not very beginner. Like they're super technical. True. But there's beginner ones out there as well. So, you know, what what are those? Really? Well, you just said we're going to tell the listeners. So let's tell the (laughs) listeners. I was kind of hoping that's one one of the times I use that. So I'm like, it'll be in the show notes because you guys have done show notes for like two months. (laughs) Because you haven't edited a show in two months. People don't read the show notes, though. That's true. You got to put it in the the meat of it. Are we going to tell the people about the beginner contact podcast next uh, episode? Uh, Or you got some right here? Well, yeah, I mean, I could, I can spin off some podcasts and just open up my phone. No, uh, I, I won't yet because I don't want to pay. I don't want to play favorites with any uh, people yeah. out there. But, yeah. but there, there is a ton of other beginner content out there, and we are happy to share that and give it to people to go and check out. And I kind of, you know, we've talked about this show is, you know, we're going to kind of go up and down and all over different paths and explore different things that we find interesting and and are and, and applicable to our own jo- journey right one of the things i want to talk a bit more about tonight is the whole uh putting your crypto to work in generating interest right oh so we, didn't we, we talk about that last episode yeah but but i got a new one <laughs> okay it's like a broken a new record one. Isn't yeah <laughs> if you don't come to the show with content then you deal with the content i bring <laughs> I got. I had plenty of content suggestions. You guys just shut me down all the time. Well, I'm reading the email you sent, so we're on question. That's one of many things. Okay, question three. No, but no, you no. Don't, I you don't want, three. I want, you you whoa, don't want to know whoa, my worst whoa. investment? Yeah. No. Come on. Give me his worst investment. <laughs> uh, a, a pack of Pilsner? <laughs> no, this is one of my better investments. <laughs> <laughs> um, I believe um, someone on this show was uh, big on green lane renewables still am <laughs> so i think i put about a grand in there it's no longer a grand <laughs> i think that's the only stock that i own that oh, went down boo-hoo. <laughs> talk to me when you lose more money than that <laughs> no but it was 2021 everything went up <laughs> not everything not everything. not everything i managed to find some ways around that <laughs> well okay Fair point to Green Lane because yeah, I I think I was in there around two dollars something as well, and it's like a buck thirty, a buck forty now. So yeah, something like that. Jordan, if you're listening and you know something we don't, let us know because I read one of your updates and you dumped some more cash at that thing. So <laughs> drop us drop us a line, give us a clue. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. hey, you know what? It's it's green natural gas. I'm a holding uh, account. What do you think is going to happen with oil and gas in the next year? That's my top pick for the biggest industry in 2022. Even bigger than coal? 
<laughs> Wasn't yours Cole last year? Yeah. Wasn't his Cole every year since the dawn of time? How did Cole do last year outside uh, well, of China? I'll tell you my Cole last year. <laughs> if I can. I burned it all and my up. house was warm. Yeah, right. <laughs> Let's see. One year it went from the low was five bucks and it's now at 14. What'd you wow. buy it for? I didn't buy it. It was leftover. I mean, I bought it at, I bought it from 17 to $2. Gotcha. Interesting. Okay. Interesting. This big U shape. I, I should also note that with my TFSA room this year, I mean, I know people are against the whole oil and gas thing, but I think I'm already up like 25% on my 6K of TFSA room contribution that I dumped into oil and gas. In 11 days? Oh, yeah. It's been insane. Really? You see what like Crescent Point, like all the like small producers in Canada, because mm -hmm. they just got dumped on for the last two years. Oil prices right. were down, COVID happened, everything. And like they were all trading at like three, four bucks. So yeah. it doesn't take much when you're at $3 to move up that that much. Right. Not investment sure. advice. Not investment no, advice. Not at all. <laughs> so I don't need to ask where you put the money. I also managed to lose a bunch of significant money. <laughs> Uh, okay, so well, let's have a quick. Let's. I want to bring up a point about the TFSAs. Okay, right. just quickly because are you full up? Yes, <laughs> and, and that's my point. Is if you are out there and you are topped up, fantastic job. Like if your TFSA is full in the first few months of the year, that's fantastic. Like well yeah, done, cheers to you. Well yeah. done to everybody on that. But I used to be of the mindset that I start saving for next year's contribution as right. soon as it's full, right? That's what yeah. you do. But my point being is why would you stick that $500 a month into a savings account? I think that was my point, actually. It was your point. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. It was, it was your point. point. Yeah. But yeah. well, to, to reiterate that, well, yeah. go ahead. Tell us what your point was then. Well, yeah. You said that you put $500 a month to get to your six grand. Mm -hmm. by the end of the year in a savings account and then put it all in mm -hmm. uh, the TFSA on Gen 2 or 1. Yeah, I said, why don't you put in your cash, your margin account, invest it as you would in your TFSA and then move it over at the end of the year. That's going to be pretty much the only actionable tip of this whole show. That is, <laughs> that is the number one actionable tip. We only have to give one piece of useful advice per show. And there it is. And, and it totally makes sense once you actually wrap your head around it. Because too many people go, well, I don't want to put it on a margin account because then I'm going to have to pay taxes. Yeah. You made money. Yeah. Right. That's a great problem to have if you're paying taxes. That means you had gains. Right. Exactly. <laughs> it's exactly. like, because yeah. six grand at what's, I don't even look at saving accounts anymore. What are they? 1.25% or something? Not yeah. even. It's like, not even. So that is, isn't it? I love that tip, and and that's where I go now. And and I think, but I think that also comes to a point where people are have worked hard with their RSPs and their TFSAs, and they've got a margin account open. Yep. Because I think the margin account's kind of like that next step, and people aren't really sure about it. They're like, "Well, I don't want any margin. I don't want that risk of debt and everything." And it's like, no, it's just a cash account. You don't have to use any margin on it. It's just it's just where you put your money when your tax sheltered accounts are. Are full or or used to their you know you know if you don't optimized. want to put it optimized thank you you're 
You're doing well today with the linguistics. Pretty good, eh? Yeah, yeah. not bad. Yeah. So okay. just uh, on that TFSA point, I mean, there is the risk that 500 a month you save will not be worth 6000 when you go to invest in the TFSA. But sure. there's a similar risk that after July, you'll already have 6000 yeah. Right. From the 3000 you invested, right? So yeah. That's a good point. You're subject to market risk. But... But if you're invested, you're always subject right. to market risk. So it's no different. You were, if you had the chance, you'd be putting that 500 into your TFSA anyway. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. No different than people that aren't topped up are putting that 500 and investing it every month anyway. Mm-hmm. So exactly. it's kind of like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. All right. Okay. Let's move on. Did we cover the accounts question so far? He looks like he wants to say something. So I'm going to ask the question quickly before he gets back in here. What, what the hell? <laughs> Of what asset class do you think will perform best for 2022? Well, you already asked me that. What would you say? Crypto? Oil and and gas. gas. Oil and gas. Yeah, of course. Oil and gas. Yeah. Okay. Economist? I haven't thought about it. You got the email hours ago. What's your call? Let me finish. uh, It doesn't matter for me because I'm just going to stick with the uh, index fund this year. Oh, I'm glad we still got an indexer amongst us. (laughs) Hey, for the most part, right? I I still think we're going to do well with commodities. You're getting into pork bellies. I'm not adding any positions, but I'm happy with what I had. I still think in this in a rising rate, potentially rising rate environment, commodities are still going to do well. Right. So That's how about fair. the worst? Is that the next question? Yeah. Oh, it is. Yeah, the worst. Yeah. Ooh, worst asset class. Crypto? No. Arc. I'm I'm gonna say all of those overbid technology innovation stocks that everybody pumped up in 2021 that don't have earnings, have a cash burn, and are trading at absolutely insane multiples. Well, what's happened to shop recently? Like it's getting crushed right now because its P was is. like 240 or something ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> it's not sustainable. That's not yeah. a reasonable valuation. Yeah. So I guess then your answer is like overvalued uh overvalued stocks is not an asset class that's, that's, <laughs> I, I was just thank you <laughs> fair yeah but asset class i don't know you got one economist i actually haven't given this much thought no me neither i don't know i hope not to be in the worst asset class but if you're diversified do you care because no. if it's down what the worst asset class of this year Hopefully I'm dollar cost averaging into it and right. we'll get back we'll get back to it in five or ten years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. It's kind of the way you gotta look at it. Like I yeah, anyway. Okay, let's move if, on. If from you're that indexing thing. all of this is irrelevant. But it's just a fun exercise. It is a fun exercise for sure. Uh now now you've got like these 2021 questions. Who cares? The favorite thing you're gonna buy in 2022. Okay, I like that. Way to twist that. Oh, I like that. Yeah, okay. Uh Ooh. Before you, oh, he's thinking. I was going to actually ask the accountant, what was the best thing you spent your money on in 2021? The trip to Antarctica. Thank you for saying that. Because if you'd said anything else, I would have had to pause the recording, come over to your house, slap you, then come all the way back here to resume recording. <laughs> yeah, that would have taken a lot of time. It would have. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe. Uh, Maybe this year, I think this year, the answer for a lot of people would probably be some form of trip. Yeah. Any vacation anywhere 
as soon as possible as soon as humanly possible <laughs> yeah that does cool. my uh so my partner my wife has to do french class tomorrow and describe her christmas vacation i was like totally make it up you're in the french riviera <laughs> 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 like, you can't nice. speak french anyway whatever make it up. <laughs> yeah uh, it, it's funny you know uh, i think for so many people the the travel has probably been the hardest part about this whole thing as well as not being able to see your friends and family but i don't know it's it's going to be like mayhem if we're all of a sudden back in airports and on the airlines, just because just for the fact of like physically trying to book tickets and get anywhere. I don't, I'm not yeah. talking about the COVID point of view of it. It's like, Oh my goodness. All of a sudden they're like, that's sold out. That's sold out. It's going to be sure. interesting. It's going to be interesting. Book, book your trips now. Mm. Right. Gamble, oh, yeah. gamble the, a little bit. The logistics uh, were definitely the most stressful part. Yeah. yeah, for sure. I'm grabbing another beer. And- oh yeah. I'm yeah. already on my second. Fresh you are. <laughs> Fresh beers. Fresh beers. Okay, so since we got new beers now, what mm-hmm. do you guys actually think of this beer? Oh, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a bullshit answer. <laughs> it tastes like summertime. <laughs> what I meant by the question and camping. Was, <laughs> camping 100%. You know what? They need to make a smoked pilsner for when you're not camping. Right? <laughs> <laughs> tastes like you're standing around the campfire. Yeah, this tastes like my dorm room at the University of Calgary. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like if you licked the wall, it yeah. kind of have like a yeah. pilsner taste. <laughs> Mike, what I meant by my question was okay. We had Lucky on the show before. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah, we had Keith. We had Keats on the show before. We haven't done Moosehead. No, but like think about it. Lucky's kind of like what I think of as like West Coast BC beers. You know, Pilsner's maybe like Alberta Saskatchewan type beers. What like uh-huh. what do they drink in like Manitoba, Ontario? Like blue? Like what's the what's yeah the, like a cheap blue is probably what comes to mind for me. All my Ontario friends drink blue. Yeah, so then it's Moosehead and Keats and <laughs> singular. <laughs> Not stereotyping provinces at all, but as as far as like we've I've had blue, I've had all the basically cheap beers across Canada, and. I don't know. I'm kind of like I'm a Rainier guy right now, and I don't really know why we had Rainier on the show as well. <laughs> yeah. I, we may have to do a side by side on this, but I think I like this better than Lucky. It's just not as sweet. It's close. They're the top two for sure. They're the top two for sure. It's definitely better than Rainier. I don't know what you're doing with that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I might have to go side by side on those. Yeah. Are yeah. we going to have Canadian? I haven't had a Canadian in. Do they still even make Canadian? Like, I can't even think of the last time I saw a Molson Canadian in the liquor store. Well, that's because now when you go to the beer store or the liquor store, there's the fridge is 50 feet long. So you never get past the microbrew section to see right. it's still in the. the oh, when section. I was buying these, I had to ask. <laughs> really? <laughs> Where do I find normal Canadian beer? <laughs> yeah, it wasn't in the cooler. <laughs> Where do I find the Molson products? Yeah. 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 So okay. the last time I had a Canadian was in the States. Because they had, because <laughs> they had twin label technology, and that's just a gas. So, what is twin label technology? Do we need oh, to invest in this? Yeah, I mean it's a good one. If you, if you Google <laughs> it, one of everything. It's just a the they had a back label that had like stupid sayings on it. Ah, okay, okay. Like, okay. Uh, how's your mom logger or something like that. Didn't, what was the, wasn't it, um, remember those little bottles of Mickey's beer? They had like sayings underneath the cap. Oh, Mickey. Yeah, yeah. 
I haven't seen those in a while either. It was the best four by four in beer because you put the cap back on and you don't spill it. Do you guys remember when Molson made cold shots and they were the 250 mil cans with the target on the bottom that were just made for shotgunning? Yeah. <laughs> like, how was that okay? <laughs> <laughs> well, because they were reducing the size of the shotgun. And like they came in eight packs. And I just remember in high school just being like, yeah, I want, a, <laughs> I want a case of cold shots because I'm going to shotgun all eight of these. Right. That's my evening. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get back to the show here, boys. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, okay. What? But I just some twin label technology. That's where my <laughs> tattoo is logger. <laughs> Did that come out your nose? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> help i'm trapped in a beer bottling plant lager you know i used to think it was more fun when we did this in person but <laughs> online's pretty fun too wild in the shower lager Ooh, you, you, do you bring that with you and be like honey <laughs> no that's the idea <laughs> <laughs> let's let's have a shower beer together that was the molson canadian gimmick to sell in the us and a did i, I don't it. think i ever uh told you guys did i tell you what i got for christmas from my wife last year this last year, year. No, like last six days ago. No, like no. Okay, yeah, long ago. Trip uh, to Antarctica. Wow, oh, you're just killing me. <laughs> uh, no, I I got a mount for a, a beer shower holder, so I have a beer holder in the shower. Nice. Is right. That just the soap tray? You put your beer down in the shower? Well, yeah, I got a nice little holder now for it. <laughs> Is it like you a- would if you could? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, we got dope on the rope with us. So <laughs> what are you going to do? All right. I want to talk about crypto. Of course you do. Are you sick of hearing about this yet? I'm so sick of hearing. Are about you? It. I have this, I have this problem with it because I'm not fully there yet, but I definitely listened to some very intelligent sounding people <laughs> that make me really want to believe in this. <laughs> I'm yeah. still ostriching it. Yeah. You're just like head in the sand. Don't want to know nope. anything. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. So, yeah. okay. Well, the reason this came up is because the accountant and I have been trading options and uh-huh. it's always good to use a volatile like blaming me on this already. No, no, no. no. <laughs> I said us. I said, we, uh-huh. Uh-huh. you gave me Palantir, which we're both down in now. And I gave you hot, which we're both down in now. I'm going to recover. <laughs> <laughs> so hot so hot eight is uh, a canadian crypto miner that we use to trade options with which was fantastic for premiums and tons of implied volatility and we did well on our premiums but unfortunately now we hold the stock and we're down quite a bit on it but that's okay i'm not down that much that's not the moral of the story okay uh the moral of the story is hot eight is a crypto miner in canada which is at the time, I was thinking, hey, well, that's excellent. They're in Canada. They're using hydroelectric. So the whole energy problem is less of an impact on the environment. And we have access to that in because I think they're based in Ontario. They've got a couple places anyway. I'm not going to speak very in-depth on the company because I don't know enough about it. But the fact of the matter is, is crypto mining is a thing. And we just don't know what that's going to look like. And But... I learned more about these master nodes, which take care of crypto transactions as well. So there's like a mining portion of this, and there's like these master nodes that are like flow through liquidity pools 
to finish transactions. So that's as much as I'm going to say on that because I can see the look on both of your faces and mm. the mm. listeners are going to be like, what is he talking about? But the point so was, where I'm going to come back to invest in things you understand. <laughs> you do not understand this. Very good point. But the point that I want to make is that there's a ton of stuff out there in the crypto world right now. And account, you talked about it before, where if you've bought a couple thousand dollars worth of some crypto, you can then put it to work in a pool to generate, well, quote unquote, interest or monthly payments from it. Right. So I guess my point is, is that for all the people out there that look at a savings account and go, it's absolutely useless, it's absolutely worthless, but look at all these options to throw money at crypto. I think there's gigantic risk there, huge, gigantic risk. So that's like, that's one of my like, concerns of 2022 is is the risk you're talking about the currency itself or the liquidity pool the well a little bit of both yes so yeah a little bit of both because i think well there's a few things right i think you have the risk of the uh the platform that you're using right you have the risk of the currency you've chosen to use you have the risk of what they're doing with your currency because it's you, no longer your key. It's no longer your currency, right? So you got that. And then you've got the volatility of the underlying. So the fact that people are attracted, and I'm guilty of it too, because I started uh, something at Yield Nodes, which is a master node, which does these flow through transactions. And they, and they like you earn interest monthly. And it's like, why would I not want to do that? But I think it's just, it's just, this is just as a blanket statement from the very little that I've learned, but I keep seeing more and more. And, you know, we, t- we talked about last year, it was like people jump on the bandwagon, right? What, so what was your place called? Yield nodes. And are they CDICA? <laughs> of course not. <laughs> <laughs> this is just investment FOMO from the guy who has to own one of everything. <laughs> well, okay. Just tell us what CDIC is, just for the, the listeners. Canadian Deposit Insurance Corporation. Yeah. You think they so, got any cryptos? No. No. They just insure your savings account, right? Because okay. what a scam that is. Like the big banks are going under. Yeah. <laughs> I have two points on this. One being that I have said before that I am sure there is something worthwhile in the whole technology system that they are building and all of the money that is pumping into this. Yeah, I don't know what's going to be the Amazon of this space. I'm not going to try to know. Yeah. I don't care. I've thrown some bucks at it for literally just entertainment purposes, $100 here, $100 there. I have no significant money invested in this. I don't know what's going to win, and I don't care. Two, essentially a lot of these cryptocurrencies are going to be like, do you remember that Simpsons episode where Bart is working for the tech startup and their toilet paper is stock certificate and he's just <laughs> running off in the bathroom and then they go bankrupt. And he's like, Lisa, what's 543 million times zero. Like <laughs> so you're getting paid 3% in this cryptocurrency. It's not an actual hard cash. You're getting yeah you're getting whatever the thing you invested in back and that's your percentages. So when that goes to zero, it doesn't matter what your return was. It, it's zero. No, no. Five, five million, four hundred and thirty-eight thousand <laughs> times zero is still zero. <laughs> Even in crypto. <laughs> I hate to break it. To you. Okay. I, I'm, I'm throwing an invitation out there to the listeners. Cordy Stevens, if you're listening, 
give us a shout. I know there's a few others in the Canadian space that I tweet with and interact with that are pretty pro on this stuff. And I'd love to hear some more in-depth discussion that I clearly have not done the research or understood. But to your point, account, which you make good points, and economists do, and the way I feel as well, is, is my underlying concern is that people are going into this and throwing a couple grand at it with expectations and not realizing that it could basically time go x zero like go to zero and they're doing that instead of learning how to do build a a good etf globally diversified portfolio that they're going to keep for a long period of time well and let me finish okay i thought you were finished (laughs) go ahead now i am (laughs) you forgot what you were gonna say (laughs) no it's okay i just waited to interrupt him now That's fine. I was going to say that I'm, again, I'm sure there are things here that have value, but there's a huge amount of FOMO <laughs> that goes around. Can't hear and two you, you see people, you know, twittering about the fact that they're making $2,000 a day trading something or on nodes or whatever. And there's a few possibilities on what's actually going on. One is that these people know way more than you. Two is that they're lucky. Three is that they're full of shit. But those are the all- three options. <laughs> those are your three options. Yeah. But we also like there was that whole like TikTok investor phase, oh, right? In God. like late 2021, where everybody was giving investment advice because all Wait, these that that's the last question. Them. Worst investment advice of 2021. <laughs> there you go. And what what happened to all those people? They've all disappeared because they can't stand the test of time. And I think a lot of people get FOMO'd and they forget that the best investor is the one that's still around in 30 years. Yeah. And I think that is really the best advice, not just of 2021 or 2022. It's the best investment advice of all time, right? It's know what you're investing in, invest in something that's globally diversified, keep it very simple. Make it something that you can stay on top of and do regularly, right? Like just keep dropping that money in every month. Stay invested. Don't get freaked out. Don't ride the highs and lows. Don't let your psychology mess up your journey. Yep. Can't argue with that. That's the goal. That's 2022's goal, right? Don't let yourself, don't let yourself get in your own way from investing wisely. It is hard to do. It's hard for all of us to do for sure. And I think that's, you know, quite a few of the contents I've listened to have talked about that, where it's, you know, you mentioned an accountant and it's like the fall, the stonks and the TikTok, and it's like the FOMO. And it's just like, boom, boom, boom. We're not meant to have that much stimulus thrown at us constantly and, and be able to navigate it successfully and appropriately with what we want to do. It's hard to stick to your own plan at that point. Yeah. I I think it's also important to mention just for anybody listening, like we talk about, you know, options trading and all that other stuff that we do for our own entertainment purposes. But I would just like to caveat that 65% of my portfolio is index funds. Another 25 or yep, 25% is blue chip dividend stocks. Like we're we're talking about ten percent of my portfolio here. Whenever I'm talking about any of the other dumb things I'm doing, right? Yep, I'll agree with that. Yeah, I don't mess. I don't mess with, you know, the ninety percent. Play with the ten. 
No, exactly. Yeah. And any generally for me personally, any new money that I add in, I add into the the base portfolio. Yes, I'm I'm the exact same way now. Any any additional contributions are just yeah, set it and forget it. Yeah. And when your gamble fund goes to zero, it's zero. Then it's basically. Done. Yep. Yeah, like right now I'm I'm basically I've had to withdraw from option trading as actively as I was because I've used up margin. I ended up getting exercised on some holdings that now are taking up a bunch of space. There was I was telling the wife the other day, I'm like, huh. I got up to like 45K in margin. That escalated fast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll yeah, happen. Yeah. yeah. But shout out, as this as this show was being recorded, I got uh, a Twitter message from our buddy over there, Liquid, at Freedom35. And he said, hey, guess what? Uh, where is it here? He said, Charlie Munger firm doubled down on Alibaba. So maybe that... Stock I got exercised on won't be that bad in 2022. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll save all the social, like the political, social political commentary for the next episode. Oh, I'm not touching that with a dent football. No. <laughs> <laughs> all right, boys, we've rambled on enough. Thank you so much, Sterling, for the beers. The uh, champagne hey, of yes, Saskatchewan. This is has what been you want to drink, right? Of course. Sorry, sorry buddy. <laughs> he is going to chirp me so bad. <laughs> oh, for sure. <laughs> but, it's, but it's delicious so that's good and hey you know here's to actually releasing episodes in 2022 and i promise from this one forward we'll actually stay on track and do things correctly uh, uh, <laughs> i don't know about uh, that that's probably not right you know this is a for entertainment business right this isn't a business <laughs> <laughs> thank you for catching that <laughs> all right we'll catch you again on the uh, next episode cheers boys cheers cheers into overtime so uh who's, who's shotgunning a beer in overtime <laughs> it's a tuesday night i'm not shotgunning a beer boys you're not you're still working yeah i got another seven weeks i guess we should have talked about that maybe we'll talk about that next week or I in overtime now we got to tackle the work subject on another show because i think that is yeah that's show. fair that's fair that's a good to show actually yeah yeah, yeah. um yeah, I was. I'm. I'm not going to say that. I'm going to save it. Okay. Um. So epic. You really want to go there? I do want to go there. I so want to know what's up. So are so they scam. keeping the cash flow now, and you get all the depreciation or appreciation? So all the gambles on you. They had an investors meeting mm-hmm. last week, and. The impression that I got was they're willing to forfeit the contract with you and give you back your property if that's your wish. And that's that's fine. That's a if you want to take it over, you keep all the pay down and appreciation that's happened so far. Yeah. You walk right. away free and clear, right? Yeah. Um that but that's just them breaking the contract. That's just them that, breaking that, the contract. That's nothing special. That's no, that no. was done months ago. Uh <laughs> Yeah, we had to we had to sign to say that we were gonna stay with them because they paid late, right? Okay. Because they paid late, yeah, yeah. So and then they paid another month. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, so did it's, you get January or not? No. 
So this was the discussion in January as they realized they were going to be making full payments in January. So they said, okay, we're restructuring to ensure that investors get paid their mortgage pay down or sorry, their mortgage, uh, their mortgage amount, their property taxes and their insurance. So, I, so you're not I, out of pocket. Yeah. And I don't want to call this cause it has a very bad connotation, but like this is a pyramid scheme that failed. And it wasn't that they were trying to rip people off or that they did anything. They had a system in which new money had to come in in order for them to be able to make the debts that they had previously agreed to. And the old money stopped coming in and they got I, They overpromised on the return, they, they, right? And maybe I shouldn't say pyramid scheme, but they overpromised. Yeah. And they could not keep up with what they had to go out the door because they had to sign X number of new deals. And the minute they couldn't actually fulfill the X number of new deals to bring in the cash to pay for the old liabilities, they got screwed. Yeah, it's, I, it's actually not that uncommon in business. We see it happen all the time. Guys in construction take on a big project, bring in cash, use that cash to pay for an old contract. And now they don't have the money to pay their workers for a new contract. Like It's, it's not that unusual. But yeah, I'll, I'll pause you there for a second. You're, you're on the right track with that. But I think what you're missing there is they also turned over the houses quickly. So the point that you're missing is that it's a two-year contract, right? So a lot of people got out of their contracts after two years. So what you ended up doing is like as an investor is you paid higher than a slightly higher than market at the beginning to secure the purchase. Mm -hmm. So they made some money on you at the beginning of the deal, right? And then and then they kept all the appreciation and pay down during that two year term and they cash flowed you it, right? Yeah. So you're so you're absolutely right. They needed a stream of cash flow to do that, to carry that two years. At exactly. the end of your as at the end of the year two year term, is they have another investor come in and maybe it does renos, maybe they pull some more value out of it. They they then sell it on to the next investor. So you're right. I don't like that you use the word pyramid. And and I mean we do, I agree with you I that understand just, that that's the wrong term. Yeah. This is this was a a money cycling business. That's right. It if required turnover. Got interrupted. It required turnover. Yes, yeah. exactly. And, and the minute the turnover dried up, you're screwed and the whole business is under. Yeah. Which and to be fair here, the whole uh C trade was completely unwarranted. Right. If they've been told to said, "Hey, it, it appears that you have you need a securities license for the business that you're running," then fine, go and get the securities license. It, but you know, I don't think it was just the cease trade that created this. Hmm. No, no. They've been I, I agree because they've been making offers to me for months. Like, oh yeah, oh, it's a well, special this month. Yeah. Uh, X percent off or double your cash flow or whatever. And, and listen, it's as an accountant, we run into this all the time, right? Like a lot of businesses' biggest problem is cash flow management. And they yeah. set up a business where they did not have, they had a system that was so cash flow reliant that if you ever had a hiccup in the cash flow, the whole thing comes down. Right. Yeah. Well, and I think we talked about that at the very beginning, right? Because mm -hmm. that was one of the things that we identified as the biggest risk. Absolutely. To investors, like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not emotionally upset about. I mean, I sure I'd like to have that cash flow, but it's like I chose the house I chose, and I'm comfortable with owning that as an asset. 
Right. Right. And, and, and I don't have any bad feelings. I don't think I was duped or taken in by it at all. Right. It's, and that's I, I identified why, like, the risk and I accepted the risk. And that's why I didn't like, I don't, I'm not using it as a pyramid scheme on like they were intentionally like they, I don't believe at all having listened to everything that you've said about it and everybody's had to do with them that they intended to do no. anything no. ill will. It's, it's a fact of, I don't think they thought through the business model enough and what the cash flow downturns could be that what would happen, like they grew exponentially, right? Well, I, and, that's and exactly that's, that's, the scale that's problem. What, that's what brings down most businesses is growing exponentially. You grow massively and your problems change and they change monumentally. Yeah. And a lot of people don't realize that. And it's like, oh, well, you know, a $50,000 cash flow problem and a $5 million cash flow problem are very different problems. I can wrangle up 50 grand. I can't yeah. wrangle up 5 million. Yeah. Those are two different problems to have. Yeah. No, no, I totally agree with you there, right? And it's uh yeah. No, it's 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 a live and learn for me and it's also it's I think it's a good you know, we don't want to just be on the show and say it's always a win all the time, right? You got to So what's your new deal? New Do you deal. have a new contract? nothing yet i'm i'm happy to move forward with it being excuse me um just paid like mortgage paid and everything else because i'll i keep from now on i keep everything i keep the mortgage pay down and the equity appreciation i mean right. if there is some you're still yeah however many months away from yeah you know yes so they, I, they will I, maybe, they will continue to manage the property right so and at what point do you sell? I don't really have any intention to sell. Okay. But I'll, you're not I'll, cash flowing in no. Saskatchewan. Yeah. And what you say is a good property. I mean, I can take it over. I can give it to a manager. Wouldn't you cash flow then? It's possible. Right. You still, if you cash flow and get to keep the appreciation, that's a better deal. It's a better deal. It yeah. is a better deal. Way better deal. But I guess you also have the fact of a headache of you're going to have to go manage property management. My yeah, yeah. My biggest concern was oh, would be, well, first you say you have one of the best properties. I in in your opinion, you don't know, but that's been implied. I, I chose right? I chose the best I could find, or they right. they offered me. So so you're probably subsidizing the other epic people. This is true. So probably true. Yeah. So. For me, I'd also have lost some faith in the company to do the property management because mm-hmm. they may come back to you in six more months and say, ah, we can't really do it. And at that point, you got to find your own property manager anyhow. So you're in the, the bail early camp. I think so. I mean, if you think you have a good property, mm-hmm. I, I would tend to. Yeah, and I mean, I know nothing about market rents, but at this point, I would just look at, okay, what would a property manager charge me? What are market rents? If I can get that, am I better off? And if I am, then that's where I'm going. Right. Yeah, no, that's fair. And I mean, I've thought that all through. I was, I had that all prepared from at the very beginning. I yeah. already, I've already interviewed a property manager. Right. Yeah. Right. So it's yeah. like, do you yeah. do? 
So have you ever been told if your place is rented, what their, what the rent is, any of this stuff? Don't you think that's a reasonable question to ask if you're going to sign on with them? That it, That's irrelevant. Why? They're paying it's, the lease. It's their no. It's totally relevant for your decision. Well, of course it is. What, what if your property is cash flowing five hundred a month? You want to give that up? No, of course not. Yeah, isn't it worth asking? Uh, sure it is. Yeah, and I think this runs back into because I've, I mean, we've all fallen for this trap before. Is the king is cash flow, right? And we all run after cash flow a lot. Well, people chase dividends, right? I'm I'm guilty of it all the time. I've done it so many times in my life I can't count. And sometimes it's just like, well shit. I would have been so much better off in my life if ten years ago I had just ignored cash flow altogether. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Just by growth. <laughs> But then the opposite of that has also been true on some of my properties where I'm like, oh, this is going to cash flow really well and I can build on the cash flow. And then all of a sudden you have something making you a couple grand a month in cash flow plus paying down mortgages plus appreciating. Mm -hmm. So it's a hard equation to solve. Totally.